Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to be talking about witches and gingers. And since the wolf is now finally back from his holiday, he's, he's done a little bit of research and he said, wait, we need to talk about witches and gingers. Hi, um, glad to be back. Uh, I've, I know today sounds like a very controversial topic, witches and gingers. Oh, especially so um, close to Halloween. Well, actually why this topic is particularly controversial is this is the one time we have actually done some research. Oh, we did actually look some stuff up this time. Well, you'd think that episode we did about things we never saw coming, which was mainly based around technology, social media, you would have thought for one episode where it would have been good if we had actually bothered fact-checking something, that would have been the one. That would have been the way that we should have done it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but instead I've uh, spent a few hours looking up witches and gingers. Time um, well spent. It, it is well spent. Um, originally, I intended this to be two separate topics, but... I didn't know if even you or I could uh, BS enough to actually fill out a podcast talking about what we actually knew about witches and gingers. Um, but there are, uh, in terms of treatment of both groups, a lot of similarities through history. Most of the witch stuff I kind of knew about in terms of them being burnt at the stake. Right. But gingers have had it bad for about 4,000 years. No kidding. Yep. 4,000 years. That's crazy. So lead us up to it. Get, get us started here. Well, we pretty much know, or at least most people have a somewhat, I guess, filtered version of where witches came from, right. witches' role in history. But the ginger has kind of slipped under the radar, which is quite ironic because when you look at them physically, they don't slip under the radar. And this has been their biggest problem through our history. That's true. I mean, you could hide the fact that you are a witch, but you can't hide the fact that you're a ginger. Right. And it, it, this might be early in the podcast to bring it up, but you, you know, you got the Harry Potter books and you got the Weasleys who were gingers and witches. You know, they, they could probably hide the fact that they were, you know, not wizards or witches or whatever, but they couldn't hide the fact that they were gingers. Right. And um, that actually brings me to a funny story because one of the. Uh, Obviously, the main characters in Harry Potter is Ginger. And obviously, then you've got Harry Potter and then the girl, whatever her name is, Hermione. Yeah, Hermione. Anyway, yeah. Uh, one of the first reviews I read on the um, original Harry Potter movie uh, was from a guy, I think, from Empire Magazine. Okay. And, you know, he went through the synopsis of the whole movie. He said, the only thing I found really unbelievable in this movie is that there's a ginger kid with two friends. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is so true. And, of course, you know, those friends were kind of forced on him. I, I can I barely remember that first movie. It's been years since I've seen any of the Harry Potter movies. But I do remember them being on that train, and he didn't have a friend on that train, but, of course, you know, Harry Potter didn't have a friend either. And it was like, well, I feel sorry for you, little ginger boy. I'll right. be your friend because yeah. nobody else is my friend. But I guess the only friends he could get was kids that lived under the stairs in their, uh, you know, what was it, uncle and aunt or, or something like that, cousin. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't even with his parents. So he's a little orphan boy that was living under the stairs, and that's the only friend the ginger kid could get. Right. <laughs> well, um, I just want to clarify, actually, for our American listeners, 
when we say ginger, we don't mean redhead. Um, ah, see, that's that's the way it's kind of yeah. taken in the United States. Yeah, you see, redheads it can be kind of like an offshoot of a brunette. You know, somebody's got some almost like chestnut dye in their hair. Okay, that that's a redhead. There's a very big difference between ginger and a redhead. You know, when you see a ginger, if you have to look at somebody and wonder if they're a ginger, they're not a ginger. Mm, okay, exactly. so so then over in the UK, that is is used much different than in the US. So uh, give me a famous ginger, whether it's a, a US person, UK person. If if you were having to explain to somebody that never heard the term ginger before, and you had to say, well, you know, so and so, that is a ginger. Who would that person be? Well, I was actually going to say Emperor Nero, and also Napoleon, but. I get that they're not great reference points for most people as all the um, images that exist of them are all hand-drawn, so not not the best example. But um, I would say over here, Carrot Top, Uh, that kind of weird kind of comedian. Right, so so you're you're looking at somebody that, of course, has the red hair, right? But Uh then kind of is a little bit funny looking. You don't you don't quite know why they're funny looking. You just know they're funny looking. Maybe maybe kind of the very light skin, lots of freckles, Uh uh, that kind of deal is that ginger person. Yeah, and I think the gingers were demonized more in England uh, than here in the United States. But I think that's because we had several uh, centuries to kind of perfect the art of uh, demonizing them, really. Um, But they were, as I mentioned earlier, uh, gingers have been persecuted for thousands and thousands of years. Walk walk us Um, through that. Well, I mean, for one, the reason gingers get singled out is because it's a genetic mutation which affects roughly about 1% and 2% the population okay and so throughout history uh they've always stood out and any ethnicity can actually result in that mutated gene to have red hair so no ethnicity is safe from being a ginger okay and you can imagine some of those uh um combinations would actually bring up even more prejudice than exists in certain places I, i can totally see that yeah but um gingers in medieval uh, Europe were punished pretty much the same way as witches before the whole let's kill the witches thing came in and um, they were put in stocks which you know these kind of wooden right. uh, entraptions yeah. which they put yeah, in the they, town which they put in the town center yeah, they they, yeah. they put their head through the little hole and then they had the wrists uh, on either side through the hole and in the townspeople whether they were peasants or anybody else yeah. went by and they could yell at them make fun of them throw spoiled fruit at them or spoiled food for that matter waste garbage all that good stuff yeah, yeah. I, and and those stocks were you know carried over into the quote unquote new world uh, you know at, at the turn of what two three hundred years ago because that that was a form of punishment now i guess protected by the constitution as something that would be cruel and unusual but that was common that was a common punishment yeah and actually uh i was thinking about that idea the other day about the stocks um when i came up with the topic of witches and gingers and i will 
was wondering if there were any type of rules involving the distance you're able to throw the rotten vegetables at the face from because if, they, if there was a 12 foot line maybe being hit by a mushy carrot probably wouldn't hurt that much right. but if they're allowed to throw kind of like a nine pound potato at your face from about four inches away i think that's where it start crosses past the line of not being funny anymore yeah uh you know, I I can only picture things that I've seen in the movies. Yeah. And and you see the the throwing of the rotten vegetables and the rotten food and everything at them in the movies. But you also see like little kids walking right up to them and slapping them in the yeah. head uh-huh. and slapping yeah. them in the face, and the the crowd cheers because they're doing that. <laughs> uh, so it, there's there's always been that aspect of it as well as far as what happens to somebody in the stocks. I I think in most of the time you were sentenced to a certain amount of time right. to sit in mm-hmm. those stocks. And it was originally just supposed to be painful for you to just have to sit there for that long. Yeah, most of the ones I've seen are where you stand up in them and you right. kind of bent over at 90 degrees. And, uh, you know, one never talked about fact about those stocks the worst thing that happened was when the sun went down. Mm. People used to take advantage of the lack of light uh, and the opportunity. Um, and right. let's just say if you were in the stocks because you committed adultery, but you didn't really commit adultery, by the end of the night, you had committed adultery. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that's a safe way to put it. I right. think everybody yeah. Yeah, gets the yeah. gist of that. Right. Um, oh, quick question. Sure. Name me a really nasty person uh, in history. Oh, gosh. Uh, the immediate one that comes to mind that is kind of a given, most people are probably thinking the same thing, would be have to be Adolf Hitler. Right. So as bad as you can imagine him to be, right. even he had a prejudice against gingers. Well, uh, among his well, other many uh, well, well, yeah, but right. this is one of those things that most people would always be. Do you have anything in common with Hitler? And, you know, obviously the answer is going to be, no, I can't think of anything, personality traits. But he even he hated gingers, and he actually banned the marriage between gingers. And this was so um, because both the mother and the father need to have the mutated gene to pass oh. on, and it can lay right. dormant. He can skip generations, but um, yeah, he actually banned the marriage of ginger people so that he could try and kill out that strain because you know it was into eugenics anyway. Right. But yeah, even even the gingers didn't escape. Now, when when you're saying ban the marriage of gingers, you mean like two ginger people marrying each other or just one random gender or ginger person? Two two ginger people. Okay. Okay. So that was kind of looked at as. Hey, yeah, there's a strong possibility that their offspring right here is going to be able to carry this recessive gene. And so we want to make sure that we yeah. can kind of weed this out yeah. over time. The, yeah, I think there was an assumption there that, you know, people didn't have sex outside of marriage because, you know, he could have just banned sex between gingers and, you know, it would have had right. the same effect. Yeah, but, we are talking um, about a long time ago. Yeah. So it, it makes more sense. if. If you'd have someone like a Hitler today, then yes, you'd probably have some kind of rule that would say you right. know, that sex would be illegal, or having a child, you know, between two gingers would be illegal. Something, right. Well, something I, along those lines. Well, actually, um, 
I think it was in an Australian scientific magazine. Uh, there's a group of scientists who believe that gingers are going to be extinct within a hundred years or even as soon as 2060. Wow. Which is bad news for anybody born roughly about now because you're going to go extinct. Yeah. And is, is that just because of that recessive trait being so recessive and things getting a little more mixed up with the gene pool that eventually that little, you know, tidbit of genetics is just going to eventually get wiped away? Well, there was actually some positivity to the mutation when it first appeared in humans. Okay. That it would allow, um, because ginger people um, have fewer layers of skin, uh, their enamel on their teeth is thinner, which why a lot of ginger people look like they've got yellow teeth. They can't really do much right. about that. I mean, talk about just inheriting a whole ton of bad yeah. stuff. Well, anyway, there used to actually be an advantage um, of being ginger in a certain uh, climates because the lighter your skin, the more sensitive it made you to, you know, the, sun. the sun. And But it, it's the opposite when they go to areas, you know, like Northern Europe where there's not necessarily that much sun because that skin could then actually absorb more vitamin D from what little sun there was. And so it was actually a benefit. But the gene has actually mutated so much over the years that now that same um, strand of DNA which caused that effect actually completely changed it to now gingers are something like 12 times as likely to get skin cancer and about 50 times quicker to get sunburnt. So that went downhill kind of across... I, I would have to imagine that that span of the, the gingers or whatever had to exist more in places where you had a lot of cloud cover or yeah. whatever. Like mm -hmm. you said, you, yeah. you had that advantage where if it's cloudy, you know, like you say, Northern Europe, I'm thinking, you know, in the United States, you'd look at somewhere like the Pacific Northwest, kind of that same thing. It's always cloudy all the time, so you want to somehow have that absorption of vitamin D. And so I could see if, if you were, uh, you know, looking for somewhere to live, you wouldn't want to go to, say, Phoenix, Arizona, right. where the sun is out uh -huh. every day, or Los yeah. Angeles, California, because like you say, then you're just going to have to rub sunscreen all over yourself and get burned all the time. Yeah, and um, as I mentioned earlier, I did actually find quite a lot of similarities or connections between witches and gingers when I was doing my okay. research. Um, as I said, that they were both put in stocks, you know, in the middle of the town. Um, generally, in some cultures, if you have ginger hair, they assume you're a witch and they kill you. That happens actually now in some, yeah. some uh, countries in Africa. Yeah, so it, not that they treat gingers and witches the same. It's just using that lineal logic. You're a ginger, therefore you're a witch. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. thinking of yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's yeah. made of wood, therefore <laughs> she's a witch, and we get right. to burn yeah. her. <laughs> it, it, almost that same yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind of theory. Right. And, um, yeah, the... T and this is, I guess, where the kind of witches and the gingers do separate slightly, is that at least with a witch, 
you had a trial, even if they decided you were guilty before the trial even existed, at least you had a trial. When you're a ginger, there is, that, that, that's it. Yeah, like you, you said earlier, you can't, you can't hide it. Right. And so, if, yeah, if you, if you were a girl, especially with ginger hair, then there's not much you could do to escape the thought that people are going to think you're a witch. That's hilarious, and and it, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really does. If you if you look down the line and you think about it, uh, the prejudices and everything that we've had as communities, societies over the year, or over the years, the centuries, the millennia, however you want to pose that, there's always been something about hey, those people are a little bit different than I am. Yeah, and, and almost kind of the same with the witches. Right. Uh, there, there were a lot of people that probably were burned at the stake or executed or whatever that weren't witches. But let's be honest, there probably were some that were legitimate witches that went to trial and were actually witches and found guilty. We look at it today and say, well, okay, not that really big of a deal. But back then, pretty big deal. Yeah. And... um. I think with witches, the whole idea around them has been romanticized, you know, probably mostly because of the Halloween thing. I mean, they're a baddie, but they're kind of, you know, it doesn't mean well, you might dress up as a witch or not, whatever. And, and it has been romanticized. I mean, think about now, and, and here's one I'll, I'll throw at you and see if this would fit your definition, so to speak, of a ginger. Right. Uh, I remember the movie Practical Magic mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Right. And Nicole Kidman's got the red hair. I don't know if that would be ginger that or it's not, ginger. not. But, you know, that movie, part of the point of that whole movie is, you know, these women and their, their aunts or whatever it was, they were legitimate witches, you know, legitimately yeah. possessed this magic and all of this stuff. But at the end of the movie... It was, hey, we're okay. We're not bad people. We're not evil. We just try to help everybody. And even though yeah. throughout the whole movie they were persecuted against, and, yeah. and the one uh, that Sandra Bullock plays, you know, she swore off magic and didn't want to do any magic. And then at the end, you have that hooray moment where the whole town comes out and watches them jump off the roof and ride their brooms and all that stuff. And so, like you say, the whole romanticized part. Uh, you've got the sexy witch costume, right? And, and, yeah. and that's okay. It's not the, the scraggly nose and the green skin. It's not the Wicked Witch of the West, which if you look at the Wizard of Oz, there's another example because if right. you remember, Dorothy in the movie even says to the Witch of the East, whatever it is, Glinda, uh, you know, she's in the pretty like prom dress mm-hmm. and everything, and Dorothy says, well, you don't look like a witch, so it, it's almost been going on subliminally for quite a while that witches aren't all bad, right? Right? They, mm-hmm. They're not all bad, but you still have that little section of the bad witches. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think I, I think that romanticized label is probably the best thing you can attach um, to the whole witch imagery in today's society because very little is actually known about witches if you ask the majority of people you know what is witchcraft is it just about doing magic is it based upon a religion or is it based upon an absence of religion and a 
you know. Uh, do you do you wear a pointy hat? Do you have right. a black hat? Yeah, do you have a exactly. cauldron that you yeah. stir up potions yeah. in, or or is there something more to it? Right. Yeah. And so there's a lot of um, mistaken imagery and history to witches, which people just, you know, what little I guess information they do find out factually about witches is quickly kind of erased and overtaken by the images and you know cartoons and halloween uh things but i mean witches have been persecuted uh throughout history i mean the earliest um i guess in terms of what is relevant to us mention of a witch is in uh exodus 22 where it says hmm. thou shalt not suffer a witch to live ah now i had a thought about that right if i was a witch and when that i think that was the new king james translation sure you know if you're a witch you're kind of i wish they'd hurry up and rewrite another version <laughs> of the bible yeah because that sentence sounds pretty harsh right and, <laughs> you know? and of course you're talking about exodus so you're talking about the early parts of the uh jewish tradition right the, the writing of yeah. the law the first five books of the bible being the torah and everything so yeah so you're talking about you know the beginning of what we consider as kind of recorded history mm -hmm. of, of going through there. So we're, we're talking about that stuff yeah. in the Bible. So yeah. I, I think a lot of people, once you say the term witch, right. especially in the United States, yeah. the first thing that comes to mind is the Salem witch trials. Right. You know, so yeah. it, you, you say, well, what do you know about witches? And, and you get past the hat and the cat and the cauldron and all that. The, the next click is Salem yeah. and what happened during the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, and again, you know, the Salem Witch Trials, I bet most people would think, wow, how long did that last for? Maybe 10 years, 15 years. It basically went across a two-year period. Right, which really surprised me. I mean, very, very, yeah. very little snippet in history as far as time-wise right. goes, but so blatantly taught repeated yeah you know everybody knows the salem witches and the right. salem witch trial it's, yeah it's in american history books it 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 made that cut there there are so many things that lasted for more years than that that get left out of the history books but the salem witch trials they always make it yeah um and i think a lot of people you know assume along with the you know, it lasted way longer than it actually did, is that it involved probably um, more witch instances than it actually did. I thought, you know, they'd rounded up thousands across, you know, multiple um, towns up there in Massachusetts. But the, the reality is there was only about 100 uh, people charged with witchcraft. Right. And uh, I think they found roughly about... 30 were found guilty witchcraft and they hung 19 of them yeah. whereas again if you'd have asked me before i looked it up um how many witches did they you know burn at the stake i would have literally said in the thousands and thousands oh yeah you? yeah yeah you and i both that that would have been just something that always was going on in salem and it was like oh well it's uh tuesday what do we got going on today well now uh, we're gonna go down to the market we're gonna get some bread we're gonna get some vegetables and then we're gonna stop by the witch burning today right yeah and, yeah. and that was a day in the life of salem yeah. for years yeah and that that period is actually nothing compared to like the spanish inquisition 
which went on for a long, long time and burnt a lot of witches. And they also were... And, and by the way, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Right, exactly. <laughs> that is true. Who, who knew we were going to talk <laughs> so much Monty Python? Yeah. This one? But um, they also had the belief that uh, ginger-headed people were witches and so would burn people with ginger hair as well. I mean, I didn't know that, but that's something else they have and that you know, was, in common. That was part of the Spanish Inquisition, is yeah. what you're saying. So they, 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 were, they were looking at a lot of different stuff during the Spanish Inquisition, uh, the heretics and all that good stuff. But right. yes, part of that, of course, was the witches. But it was one of those, what you're saying then is, oh, there's a ginger. Ginger equals witch. Yeah. Witch equals... It's a two-for-one. Two yeah, yeah. Two that, for, that makes it easy. Yeah. We don't even have to put you through a trial. Right. You know, we, we know yeah. you're guilty. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes it easy for me. Right. Um, and the, well, the witch hunts in Europe actually went on for uh, 300 years, from 1450 right through 1750. And there were still cases after that. I think um, it was 1972 in England... Uh, was the last Nin time somebody went to court for practicing witchcraft. For practicing witchcraft, somebody... Um, and I don't know what they were doing. Maybe that was the issue rather than the ideology. It's, um, But no, they, somebody was actually prosecuted for practice of witchcraft, but what they were practicing, you know, might right. make all the difference. But, you know? but what you're telling me, though, is there were still mm -hmm. laws on the books yeah. against witchcraft over there yep. and until up, up until 1972 mm -hmm. yep. that that stuff was going on that that that's just crazy to think about i mean it really is uh, i say it's crazy to think about but you know in today's day and age honestly nothing surprises me that much anymore so that that right there doesn't even surprise me that, it, that there's probably some and we'll call them third world country, right? That probably is still prosecuting at some level witches, whether it be in formal court or informal court in some village somewhere. Oh, they put them to death now in uh, places like Nigeria. Right. If you're, if you're convicted of being a witch, they can put you to death. Hmm. That'd be an interesting trial to attend. Right, yeah, that would be. Um, and, and as you know, going back to the Salem witch trials most people i think mistakenly think it was a bunch of sex crazed old men you know rejected internally because they can't you know be with these attractive young women suddenly purge them from society but the truth is the salem witch trials started because um a bunch of young girls started um acting hysterical and they claimed they were possessed by the devil and they accused, I don't know whether it was women just within their own village or within the church or whatever, of being witches. And that's, and that's how it all rolled off. So the accusations were out there. People were, you know, saying, hey, you're a witch. So how were they figuring out in their estimation whether or not somebody really was a witch. Back, back off the ginger thing, because right. that yeah. was just supposed to be automatic. Yeah. So so right. now, a regular-looking person, right? Yeah. You know, they're not wearing the pointy hat. They don't have a black hat on, you know, or black hat, and they don't have their cauldron, all that good stuff. How were they being tested? How were they being proved in these courts that they were a witch? Well, um, 
given for how many hundreds of years ago this was, I think they actually came up with some pretty sensible methods to okay. test and pretty much foolproof, which I think is why, you know, out of all the witches, they convicted that only a fifth of them were put to death. So, I mean, I think, I think, it was, uh, I think they had their game straight when it came down to their tests. Uh, one of the tests would be that the prospective witch would be blindfolded and um, they'd spin her around a few times and a man in um, front of them would be holding a crucifix or a Bible and a dagger in the other hand. And the witch was supposed to put her hand out and point to where she thought the crucifix or the Bible was. And as she pointed to the dagger, it was proof that she loved Satan and mm. was in cohorts with Satan. Now, if she actually got the right answer, the court could decide that she could have to redo it two more times. Right. You know, just to ensure they get the... Um, yeah, kind of like if, if you and I are trying to decide yeah. who has to go on the next beer run. Right. And I said, well, let's flip a coin. It comes up tails. I'm like, ah, best two out of three. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, there are there were other tests that do. I mean, actually burning at the stake could sometimes be used as a test to see if you're a witch. Because if you didn't burn, then you were a witch. But if you did burn, you weren't a witch. Oh, how convenient for witches. Right. Yeah. And there's other ones where they would tie them to a plank of wood and dunk it in the river and hold her under the water for, you know, four or five minutes. If she drowned, she wasn't a witch. If she came back up and she was alive, um, that meant she was a witch and then she got burnt at the stake. So. Ah, but if, if she was a witch and then right. got burned at the stake and still was a witch and didn't burn at the yeah. stake almost sounds like the tests were more towards the benefit of the witch and not of the non-witch. Because if, yeah. if, the, if the tests were fatal to the non-witches, but the witches could survive, you know, how did somebody not sit back and say, you know what, Bob, maybe we need to rethink some of these tests here because we're right. killing a lot of people and finding <laughs> out that they're not actually witches. Right. And all the witches are surviving. What are we supposed to do? And he's like, well, I don't know, Steve. Uh, we got to come up with something better. Oh, I know. Dunk them in the river. Yeah, let's start dunking them in the river. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it was, uh, it, it could be very brutal, you know, across that 300-year period in Europe. And you know, during the period in the States here, it it could be a very brutal time to be accused of something which, I mean, today, I mean, witches are pretty much everywhere. I mean, you know, they, their numbers have grown uh, exponentially. I mean, you've even got famous witches like uh, Lana Del Rey, uh, the musician. Oh, um, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I kind of have a few doubts about a powers uh, because the second and third album absolutely sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I can't, I can't honestly tell you that I'm a Lana Del Rey fan. I, I couldn't name a song by her right now. I'm not saying she's not a, a good artist, but uh, you talk about some of the stuff that kind of came up recently. Uh, what about the whole Wiccan? part of it because i know when when some people hear the term witch or i think what the male version is warlock or wizard or something like that uh oh let me interrupt you there that's actually not true a warlock is not a male witch a warlock used to be somebody who was a witch but 
to spare their own life, they would give up the names of the other witches, and they would, that's where the name Warlock oh, comes so, from. So, in I guess that's why it rhymes with narc. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, so d- talk a little bit of, about the uh, the Wiccans and, and where all that kind of, you know, came about. And I think what we're talking about a little less than 100 years ago, something like that, right? Yeah, I, I think people get uh, Wicca and pagan mixed up, or they think it means the same thing, and it really doesn't. Wicca, or the Wiccan kind of religion, has only been around since the 40s. And I don't know whether it is a marketing ploy, but, you know, their principal belief is do no harm. And so when you talk about Wiccans, people sometimes put them too far into the witch category when they're not kind of there they follow some of the same principles you know the belief in uh utilizing nature's magic but um yeah wiccan you know it isn't where witchcraft comes from witchcraft is actually a pagan religion and the pagans has been a whole bunch of religions come out of paganism and witchcraft just happened to be one of them and and that's really the more accurate version of what you would call witchcraft even though wiccans do use earth magic the same as uh you know they're doing witchcraft so i mean it's yeah the 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 wiccans sometimes get looked at as you know kind of the earthy people you know they they want to go out there and celebrate like the solstice and it's more you know kind of a a mother nature leaning thought I could see how a lot of people might get the Druids in the Wiccans a little bit mixed up. Don't know if, if there's a connection with the the Druids and witchcraft. There probably is. I just I haven't you know dug into that all that much by by any means whatsoever. Yeah, did um you mentioned earlier on? I can't remember what exactly we were talking about but about a witch riding a broom and i think that might have been when we were talking about the romanticism of witches yeah well that that was so so you always have that broom thing right Mm -hmm. that's one of those stereotypical categories yeah so uh, once again in the harry potter movies they play quidditch and they're all riding the brooms right or you have uh, the Wicked Witch of the West in, mm-hmm. in The Wizard of Oz, and yeah. she's on a broom. And then in the Practical Magic movie, uh, they have the brooms, and they, they use that. And so, so there was always this attachment to brooms. And in fact, even in today's day and age, you, you see a broom laying there, and like, oh, hey, that you parked your, your ride <laughs> over there to a woman, and then she gets all mad once she figures out you're trying to call her a witch, right? Right. So there's always been this attachment to brooms. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, wh- yeah. where did that come from? Well, again, because it's a romanticized image um, and very much part of Halloween, which is on broomsticks, um, number of years ago I did actually take the trouble to find out where it originated and real witches used to use the extracts of the belladonna plant um, to put themselves into trance-like states. Um, So was it like a hallucinogenic? Yeah, yeah, very, very strong one. But the problem with ingesting it was that it had such a bitter taste that the majority of the time you would throw up so it never got to metabolize in your garden so mm. 
failed to have the desired effect. And so they had to find another way to get the belladonna extract into the body. And given that God gave us three holes, they chose ah. the one which was not the mouth. Right. And so they would coat a broomstick, the end of a broomstick, with the belladonna extract and then push it wow. into themselves. And that's where the witches ride a broom actually comes from. That's... Uh, I uh, can honestly say I was not expecting that explanation, but you know what? I'm going to go back to the nothing else shocks me anymore, so so not really surprised that it had something to do with that. And, of course, I, I can't picture gingers wanting to do that, but you know I can't also picture witches wanting to do that. Right. It, you know, either. Uh, so... Uh, just wow crazy absolutely crazy but at least we took that broom thing and cleaned that up a bit and made it to where now they just you know ride them around and yeah. all that mm -hmm. good stuff and, yeah. and it, it's not so dirty anymore. right sure yeah. um so really in summary i think what we have proven is that Gingers have had it as bad, if not worse, than witches. Um, in ancient um, Egypt, I think they would actually bury ginger people alive mm. as a sacrifice to a god called I wonder Osiris. If, if, or if something. you think if you think about something like ancient Egypt, right, and you're talking about northern Africa. Uh, would there have been, and, and this is, by the way, total speculation here, but would there have been a correlation with an albino maybe being lumped in in the same category as a ginger? No, like I said before, if you if you question whether they're a ginger or not, they're not a ginger. You know when you see a ginger, you know? It's just one of those things where sure. you're kind of, huh. <laughs> but but you, you could argue the fact that if you look at an albino, you could say, well, you know, they, they don't look like a ginger, let's say, right. but maybe yeah. they carry those same characteristics. Maybe right. all albinos are witches too, you know, and, and anybody that doesn't look like me is a witch. You know? Yeah. Anybody that doesn't root for the same football team as me is a witch. Right. Uh, it, you know, crazy things like that. Well, I think albinos, it's actually the opposite in nature. I mean, certainly with man, we kind of, you know, albi albino species of animals, or rather kind of sudden mutations, you know, are, are treated very religiously, you know? That's um, a good point. Especially in India. Um, and so that mutation, like with an albino, is actually treated very positively. But the ginger, there is no, and I looked, I spent a good, good amount of time but I could not find one positive trait attributed to gingers throughout history. It's been persecution from start to finish. Um, um, I mean, so you talk about, you know, persecution start to finish all the way through. I mean, I think we've hit quite a bit of different uh, development in societies. Were, were there any other you know, kind of historical societies that were a little more developed that had something against them? Um, yeah, I mean, Greece. Greece, Greece really? Well, you see, Greece was a generally, you know, a very liberal-type place in terms of hedonistic 
Well, you know, right, and and of course that's yeah. the birthplace of philosophy. Yeah, and then you got a bunch of people sitting around talking about stuff. Yeah, and pretty much like we're doing right now. Right. You know, it, but they were very Greek, accepting of the, the everybody. The Greeks were the first you know. podcasters, yeah. right? It, 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 they just didn't have yeah. the internet to be able to do their podcasts. Yeah, but I mean, they were renowned for being very welcoming, accepting of everything, every type of sexual deviation, any type of lifestyle. But they believed that gingers turned into vampires after they died. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, and the Greek, and you think of all the Greek philosophers, all these brilliant texts written, this existential stuff, and they come up with, see those gingers they turn into vampires after they die right yeah yeah listen listen to all this philosophy here's the way you should live Here, here's all this stuff they really thought through and then almost as a footnote and oh yeah you see those dudes over there yeah they're gonna be vampires when they die like well wait a second all this stuff just made sense but you're just making this random blanket statement that these dudes are gonna become vampires that's that's hilarious. Yeah. That, it's, that's great. It just goes to show you how far we've come. But even today, I would be willing to bet, and I think it'd be a very safe bet, that witches are still persecuted against. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we live at least in a society right now where we realize that there, there is no magic. They're not doing lo- their little magic potions and all that. And even if they are, they're not really doing anything or I don't know maybe they are maybe they are you know I I don't know but (laughs) but but your your typical rational person is not going to sit there and think that that they're able to do that but gingers still exist and maybe there's some reason why people point at gingers and still kind of um, discriminate against them and there's that inborn thing and they're they're not really sure why but they do right and i'll end with this story in england as you know um a slang word for testicles is bollocks right right but you know bollocks doesn't always relate to talking about testicles sometimes you'll just say oh what a bunch of bollocks you know just something yeah, well, and, about and also isn't bollocks kind of, you know, uh, you mess something up, right? And you say, yeah, oh, bollocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, um, I remember when I was in either fifth or sixth grade. I was, uh, yeah, I was about maybe 12. Um, we were in a PE class and the uh, PE teacher was going to pair us all off for this game we we're about to play. And... Uh, this kid walks in late and the PE teacher points at him and says, Oi, ginger bollocks, why are you late? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, that, you, know you, you couldn't get away with that anymore. That That's for sure. But, well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. We'll be back with some more uh, interesting entertainment for you. We appreciate all the support that y'all have given us as we've been going through and creating these podcasts. So we hope that you'll share this with your friends and keep supporting us. And we'll catch you next time.